0: And welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Roadscast, a podcast all about Scotland's roads, bridges and motorways. I'm Stuart Baird. And I'm John Hassel. John, it's wonderful to see you again. Likewise. Hot on the heels of the Clyde Tunnel anniversary.
1: Which has been a massively successful roadcast when we put that one out. It
0: has indeed. It's been phenomenally successful.
1: Not surprising.
0: Not surprising. I guess we did get a bit of coverage for the anniversary in the press mm-hmm. and in the media and that was... I'm sure people spotted us. And, absolutely yeah. fantastic, yeah. So thank you if you listened to that. Hope you enjoyed it. Yes. I guess you did, uh, since you're back again. Uh, but John, we've got something a bit different this month.
1: Oh yes, and I've been looking forward to this. Now, uh, we, we sometimes, do. we get accused of being very Glasgow-centric. So we've gone away from Glasgow, we've gone up the West Coast now, and we are going to be talking about Connell Bridge.
0: Oh, where's that?
1: <laughs> you know what Connell Bridge is. Something up near Oban. Ah. Ah. yeah that's it but we are not the experts in this part of the country no definitely not so we have prepared something we have wheeled out an expert especially <laughs> for this so i a big warm welcome to david pritchard who is joining us for this podcast as a special guest and expert on this Dave, if you want to introduce yourself
2: uh, hi there, uh, I'm David Pritchard uh, and I'm very glad to be uh, a guest on the, the podcast. Looking forward to talking about the
0: bridge. David, thank you very much for coming along. Um, I, I know you've listened to the podcast. I have. Yes. Uh, you have listened to the podcast, so you know what we're all about here. Yep. So it'd be interesting to see how you how you handle it and, and I'm sure you'll <laughs> be fine
1: I'm sure it'll be fine
0: There'll be, but lots to t- lots to talk about as John says this is a bridge in a part of the world we we're, we're not known to cover too often mm-hmm. um, we don't often cover big anniversaries like this but on the 20th of August the bridge is actually turning 120 so, it's a oh. big anniversary,
1: yes. Well, that's an interesting number, uh-huh. and I'm sure we'll cover that number a little bit so that's wee probably, bit more detail.
0: Yeah, this will be the oldest bridge that we've ever covered in really? the It is. Yeah, it yeah, yeah, is interesting. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we tend to be mostly on the post-war stuff of or the kind of 50, 60 years old stuff. So, so this is a new one for us, and there's a new web article to go along with this that's podcast. Right. So, if you visit the, the website regularly, or you want to read the bridge in detail, if you visit scottishroadsarchive.org forward slash connell dash Bridge, mm-hmm. you will get full access to our new anniversary article on there as well. But Dave's going to tell us lots of interesting things before that, so don't go anywhere, anywhere just yet.
2: <laughs> I think it'll be quite an interesting prequel in some ways to some of the bridges you've probably covered mm-hmm. in the fact that the technology you're starting to see emerge is kind of before a yeah. lot of the technologies that, you know, occurred on later bridges. So mm-hmm. There's definitely a bit to talk about there.
0: Good, 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 good. Right, let's just get straight into it then. I think so. Yeah. So, David, Tell us where it all began.
2: Uh, so Connell Bridge um, was started by, it was the calendar and open uh, railway company, I believe, Right. Um, and they had a line which went to open uh, and as part of them trying to expand north, um, the bridge was built mm-hmm. It's as simple as that. Uh, and it was designed around about the time when it was what, what you call the railway period, the railway era sort of mm-hmm. expansion. And it was at the very much the latter end of that. Uh, towards the end um you know you've got the industrial revolution things like that and then it was sort of moving towards that. So
1: like the end of the victorian
2: sort
0: of that, era that's, that's right sort of, e- exactly so that hang on there hang on you you're saying <laughs> this bridge was designed and built by a railway company
2: yes yes right?
0: so right. so it's it's a roads bridge I was going to it say. is now, but right. it was not formally.
2: No, it was it was ah. purely a railway bridge, um, and it was very much for the railway company's gain at the time. Okay, it was not built um, what you'd say in the public interest. Um, from certainly the the material that I've read, anyway. Right.
0: Okay. okay, interesting. Okay, so. Scottish Railcast.
1: That's interesting, you, you've made that point that it wasn't built really within the public interest, but it yes. was Was this maybe like a private railway that was serving something like a, an industry or something yeah, like that? Yeah, this
2: is a time before the, that we're, we're just going to go more and more into rail here I think, but this is a time before your kind of big four, your sort of LNER and LMS and all of that, this was when you had oh. lots of jostling, competing smaller companies, okay. um, still very powerful, um, and I think a lot of it was about land grabbing as far as i can make out you know they're they're basically trying to 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 get that territory unlock that territory to the north and i think the intention was the line was to reach as far north as fort william but never got there um and so the line itself i believe it never actually turned a profit if if i've read that correctly Mm -hmm. as well um but maybe because it was never fully completed to Mm -hmm. the extent that they planned it to be
1: it's interesting to make it in the public interest, and then it never turns a profit. Kind of, and yeah, defeats the I, purpose, of, purpose of something being kind of private, and you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and so begins mm. a sort of—I
2: don't want to say jostling, but obviously yep. the public are right there. They see this bridge get built, um, mm. and then they're, they're thinking, you know, that you, we're back at a time here where it's been a ferry crossing across the Loch Etive. It, it might be worth describing that the site as well of yeah. you know just it's very.
0: Pi- I, I was just going to ask you there. See, obviously the. the someone's going to build a bridge there's obviously a need for a crossing there so so describe what we had prior to the to its construction.
2: yeah so what you have is this uh, it's actually it's, it's a really beautiful location um and it's what it, it could be called various things but uh, it's described as a tidal race and it's essentially you've got this tidal lock Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, it creates what you call the falls of Laura, which is the, the, the tidal water, um, sort of funneling through this narrow part of uh, an estuary to basically get out to the sea. Um, and because of that, you get these very tidal and turbulent waters. Okay. Um, and at the time there was, it was ferries that ran across it. They carried people and horses. Um, and then along comes in, in time, obviously the railway and the intention to cross, um, the, this, this, stretch of, of water.
1: That just shows how long ago it was. Oh, yes. If you, if you just said people and horses. Yes. You know, because the people didn't really have cars, obviously, no. around about the time that this this bridge... Or, or the motorcar, as we know, it was very much... It would be, it'd be
2: aristocracy, kind of, people that yeah. have it, I think, um, you know, that mm-hmm. had the motor car as you say. So it was, um, yeah, it, you had obviously the railway serving Connell itself, I think, for a mm-hmm. while prior to then. But in terms of the locals, it must have been quite a remarkable sight to see you know, assuming that they wouldn't have been as well-travelled as, as, as people can easily get to places now, it must have been quite an incredible sight to see well, this, this bridge emerge um, in the locality, I think.
1: Absolutely, because we think about the time this was. It was the very early 20th century, mm-hmm. um, and you know the, that was well before motorways, and we think nothing now of going to Edinburgh and Glasgow or mm-hmm. going north in a yeah. day.
0: Oh, absolutely. We've discussed that many, many times. And here comes yeah. the Connell Bridge. Mm-hmm. Okay,
1: so so what's where does it kind of go from here then so you've established i think the need for 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 this railway albeit not in the public's interest and in this bridge so so what kind of Uh, what's next with Uh, the the story?
2: Yeah, so what you have is that the the locals, they see, obviously, the trains going across, they're they're putting up with this ferry, and um, there gets a point, they're like, well, well, you know, we've got to have something done, some sort of provision made, surely. Mm. Um, And eventually, uh, I say eventually, certainly years go by where the the railway company kind of has to be, you feel a reluctance when you read the material, you feel a reluctance, but they kind of come round to building this, Um, Curious thing that I I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it's called a charabank. Um, I think that's. uh, I'm probably completely mispronounced that. I can't help you with that. It's it's, it's this (laughs) curious vehicle where, um, if you picture a kind of ye oldie type vehicle car, like a bus, but it's on railway wheels, and this thing was basically trundling across the bridge on the railway, and it carried passengers. That well, sounds
1: so, like a light rail type thing. Yes, sort you of. Know, almost
2: sort, like a tram of. sort yes, of. Yeah, kind of. But it looks like a truck, I'd say. It looks more like a kind of... Yeah, it mm-hmm. doesn't look and, like and a tram. And there
0: will be a photo of this on the article, on yeah. the web article, because I know that in, in amongst some of the photos that we've found that there is a photo of that vehicle, isn't that? Yes, that's so right. So we'll, we'll make sure there's one of those included in the article so people can yeah. see what it, what it looks like.
2: So that was the first you know a thing of the the railway company starting to yield and be like okay we'll let we'll let pedestrians cross this bridge but obviously just like you mentioned yourself the motor car was beginning to really emerge as, as dominant as mm-hmm. the years ticked by towards the like the first world war uh, and eventually the, the, there was a that relenting and there was this curious incident where um somebody proposed to build a chain type chain link type bridge very near connell to actually um instead. Carry vehicles across the bridge, a sort of chain nice. ferry type thing, and that was um designed to, I think, scare the railway company into, you know, a sort of com- competition. And so there was. This is what we could do. Yeah, this sorry. is what we could do, yeah. and it, I think it was playing political games. Um, mm. uh, and 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 the outcome of that was the railway company was like, all right, fine. And then what happens is that you had the railway track staying where it was, mm-hmm. and they built a road directly alongside the railway and just to, to emphasize the fact this bridge is, is narrow it was never really designed with the idea of you know the you know Being. railway and a and a road in the same bridge deck you know okay. so you've got a constraint of width and so they had to sort of squeeze in this vehicle carriageway alongside the railway uh, and then operate it
0: and was it always designed only to have a single Railway track as well, yeah.
2: This is one I don't know. Right, I've tried to find the answer to that. I like to think that they maybe made it wide enough for two railway tracks, the idea of just building in that that expansion. But the Mm -hmm. other... The other theory I have is that maybe just they didn't want to make it too, too narrow because of structural reasons. Uh You want a bit of width because it's easier to brace. You want to take advantage of that and make sure you've got stability in the structure. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing it's one of those reasons or a combination of both. But I think they probably were designing it with the idea of second railway track as opposed to a road shoved in alongside. If they were designing it very much to be road and rail, they would have made it wider.
1: So um, I'm I'm just going to say I've only been over Connell Bridge once. All right. I felt it was very small when I went over. I drove over mm. it, uh, uh, which was back when I went to to Oban, which was a few months ago, and I just couldn't imagine the idea of actually having uh, a lane for cars and rail. So how did that? How did that work? That would have been quite scary yeah, if the train was coming.
2: With difficulty. Uh, right, so, okay. so what they had is there was a sort of a barrier, but I think you're talking something very primitive to what you do to create that segregation these days. Okay. Um, I think it was basically thick timber that was put down and you had the railway on one side, very narrow weight. let's not forget vehicles back then were obviously a bit probably smaller as well there was no on. big
1: suvs yeah they're I, I, all I, I, small I, I,
2: exactly mm-hmm. um, and then what they did is they operated it like the best way i could describe it was like a level crossing like you know the old level crossing with the gates and what you had is gates at one side of the bridge gates at the other side of the bridge mm-hmm. and when a train was passing they wouldn't allow it to be concurrent with vehicle traffic
0: ah. so oh, that's yeah that
1: yeah, makes yeah, sense yeah. so there's mm-hmm. never going to be a problem then exactly Yep. Yeah.
2: So 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 then the gates cross at the ends. Um. But, oh, but let's not forget the cost. That means that when it becomes a level of crossing, you've got that person manning it the whole time. So you have people that are basically having to keep on it. And um, there was a toll as well. Um. For, for for crossing it as well. Um. So it was very much a fully manned bridge. Um. And with that, yeah, the gates would close. Train safely crosses, and then the gates open, and then vehicles. But it was very much one way. You know. So mm-hmm. you know. You'd, a, mm-hmm. You know. You have a string of cars going one way, then a string of the other, and that. Arrangement post the railway disappearing is, is continued to this day.
1: I could just imagine some of the delays you'd have, have Today. Oh yeah, yeah. and good pedestrians also just walk across the bridge. Um, that 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 that's right. I mean during so, that arrangement.
2: Yeah, so so uh, I, I believe so. I, I I've not heard anything to the contrary. I've certainly seen an old photo which shows um, yeah pedestrians and, and a bike as well and, and things like that going across. But if we were to to cycle forward to the present day. Um, just when you mentioned that aspect of the disruption, um, I do remember when I worked out on the bridge, uh, an incident where I think it was someone tried to jump with the lights cause it's traffic light operated these days. That's right, and, you know, you stop that. at one side and then you've got a lane of cars that build up the other what What's the arrangement called again when it's single lane? There's, there's a word for it. Contraflow. No. Um, i've forgotten the word
1: it's 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 not i don't know do you know it's going to sound very simple but you could just simply say a kind of a one-way control
2: isn't yeah, it it's it. just kind of yeah, back and yeah. forward We're, yeah so, so so it's like that but i remember one time i think someone that's got like loops in the road traffic loop kind of thing loop, and yep. i think what had happened is someone had basically run through the red and just bolted across the thing and i think that created a fault in the system <laughs> and the the sort of default for that is both lights went to red, oh, red. Yes. and then what you saw is this tailback and the the, the approach road particularly coming from connell it sort of comes up and loops around and you just saw this queue getting longer and longer and longer and there was just nowhere to go as it was double red and and the the, the diversion route again in Gla- I don't mention glasgow motorway arcade, but in glasgow and <laughs> um, obviously when we think about a delay and like a diversion we're like oh and then it's like oh I had a half hour diversion like diversions in the highlands are a whole different like that when we say that chrono a critical crossing point Mm -hmm. your diversion around there is about 100 miles or more wow it's insane to, to, to actually get to the other side of the lock and so when that bridge is is out of action You've got a serious diversion, serious problem. Of course, um, it
0: would be back to crane Larc, wouldn't it? And then up yes. to two and up to Fort William, or, or to, to Balahoolish anyway. And then this back is a down, bit isn't? like the rest of be thankful diversions that happen. I mean, it's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same idea. Around. Okay. Yeah,
2: yep. and it's it's difficult if if you're very much central belt based. It's almost difficult to kind of comprehend the mm-hmm. amount because we have this wonderful
1: luxury of all these choice of routes to yep. use. You know, but up there, you know, if you're far between, mm-hmm. exactly, mm-hmm. Yep. and it's
0: a trunk road. And it's a trunk road bridge, Never so that means that. it's yeah, So yeah. it's owned and maintained by Transport Scotland on behalf of the mm. Scottish government. So it's not. Do you know, it's Stuart? It's a criminal. Council.
1: We've not spoken about this bridge a bit more because it yeah. is. A, it is a trunk road, as yeah, you say. Yeah, it so. is. I know. We, we, well, we've, we've been got saving this. Now, this. Yeah. We've been saving this.
0: And a big so. anniversary is a, a, a good point to yeah to bring it up. So, Dave, you're obviously an expert when it comes to all things bridge related and structures wise. So tell us about this. This is obviously a difficult location mm-hmm. to build a bridge. Yes. So tell us a wee bit about the actual the design of it, the considerations, and you know, I mean the type of bridge it is, you know, just for the listener who who might not know the the differences between different types of structures, give us an overview of the type of bridge it is, why it's so unusual, why it's so unique, and what the main sort of challenges were.
2: Yep. Um, so I'd start by talking about I think the material used for the bridge. Um, it's very much a steel bridge. Um, a lot of the bridges you'll have heard about previously on the archive are probably steel concrete composite or concrete yep. or post-tension mm-hmm. concrete or pre-stressed concrete. This is before all of that, as yep. you say, one of the oldest you've done. And, and it's basically for that reason because the, the, the reinforced concrete technology, that hadn't happened yet mm-hmm. properly. Yep. They were using applications of mass concrete at that time, but in terms of reinforced concrete, as we know it, it didn't happen. And at that point, steel had emerged as dominant. Had Connell been constructed earlier in the railway period, um, it probably would have been maybe wrought iron and maybe cast iron used instead, but because it mm-hmm. arrived late in the day, kind of late in the party, um, very much steel, um, which is a good thing, because that's obviously it's made awesome. it a lot more durable yeah. um, as a structure. The the form they went for um, was a, a cantilever um, bridge, uh, and what you have is cantilever and suspended span in the middle, uh, and it's it's very familiar uh, form of Trust that you see is obviously that the fourth railway bridge. It's very similar to that in terms. The of The most famous form.
0: cantilever bridge. World exactly. Yeah.
2: Exactly. And I, I draw attention to the, the fact that there's um there's some big similarities between the two, undoubtedly. But there's also differences. Um, okay. notably different designers. Um, so with the fourth railway bridge, it was a uh, Fowler and Baker. Um, mm. with the uh, you've got John Wolfe Barry. Um, and you've also got Henry Mark Brunel, mm-hmm. as in oh. Isambard's boy. Well-known uh, name there, yes. Yes, uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. son of Isambard Kingdom Brunel and grandson of Mark Brunel. Mm-hmm. And he was in partnership with John Wolfe Barry. And uh, yeah, they were basically the, the designers for the bridge. So at that time, um, for that kind of span range it really had to be a steel truss. That was the kind of dominant form. Um, There's always a reluctance to do railway suspension bridges. And of course, suspension bridges were kicking about with, with that span range and Straits, straights, things mm-hmm. things like that. Very yeah.
1: much in vogue. Yeah, no, yeah mm-hmm. it, it,
2: very much. But um, but no, it, the trusses was the way to go. Um, and uh, the way they did, the reason why they do steel trusses at that time is they've got a lot of advantages. One, uh, the, the material is very strong, but two, they're, they're very determinate structures. Um, when I say determinate what I mean is that you can analyze them by hand quite readily um, because when you build a truss and yeah. please interrupt me if I go too much <laughs> no down no or, we love this yeah and so, so do the
1: listeners so <laughs>
2: when, when when you build the truss the idea is that you're kind of discretizing it into different elements of either tension or compression uh, and then that is the advantage that you can sort of you can actually calculate what the forces are in each of the members and sort of piece it together like almost the set, um, in terms a mechano set. It's bit like a bit like
1: a physical example of your load path and diagrams that you kind of, you know, when we study these kind of things, you're saying that you, you can look at it and see exactly where the forces are going. Exactly. And, and right. the key
2: word is exactly. When you move right. into your, uh, uh, your your sort of later bridges that are reinforced concrete, mm. you kind of know where the forces are going, but it's it's not as certain. Trust right. is, it's very much... You, you create these sort of discontinuities or pins. Um, so you, have, you really know what, how much force is in each and every member and can trace it and can analyze it very easily. Um, so that was a big advantage. Um, and you can ten- if you look at these structures carefully, you can generally see if they're designed for tension or compression, just by looking at the member itself. Like in the fourth railway bridge, when you see a tube mm-hmm. probably built for compression, to carry yeah. compression force, so pushing right. in the way. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's more like a lattice, um, and sort of angles and getting that's more for tension to be pulled apart. Yeah. The reason being is that tension members, um, they when I say strongly that's not the right word, but tension members when when you pull them apart, they get straightened, they, they get straighter mm-hmm. and therefore they, they kind of the they behave how you want them to. With compression when you push something, the, the sort of Achilles heel of a compression member, in steel is the fact of buckles. It wants mm-hmm. to buckle away. No different to if you've got a ruler um, and, you, and you push in on it and it just, it bends out the way. Yep. That's, that's buckling. And um, listen,
0: th- this, and I say simplicity, it's not simple, but I guess in the pre-computer era, this was a much simpler way of designing big yeah. bridges than say today Precisely. where you would just run it through a program and you've got all these weird and wonderful designs these mm-hmm. guys needed the certainty that this bridge was going to be able to stand up oh, so, yes. it's built and braces yep, isn't it particularly okay. not long after the Tay bridge collapse oh yes and was there some influence i wonder there I,
2: I, absolutely so coming back to when i mentioned materials that was mm-hmm. one because when you look at the, the outfall of the tea thing i think a bit of confidence was lost in things like certainly cast iron mm-hmm. you know wrought iron there was definitely i think that would have played a part in hastening the move to steel. to steel, yeah um and uh and and it was probably still very much in the public mind of mm-hmm. that collapse you know yeah. it's obviously distant to us but yeah. that would that would have been in recent memory and that would have had shockwaves particularly in scotland yeah mm-hmm. um and i do know that the fourth railway bridge Um, In terms of public confidence, and I don't want to make this all about the fourth railway bridge, which I I could accidentally do that very easily, but they actually made that look stronger than it needed to be.
1: So there was that kind of like that visual impression because oh, it yes. is, there's something very robust looking <laughs> there, there, about there, there it. There is. And, 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 and what, then you feel secure, yeah. and, you know. And and, and and interestingly,
2: Connell actually is a bit more of a nod to how they originally planned to do the fourth railway bridge because if you look, they had the, I don't know how to describe a diagram, but in the fourth mm-hmm. railway, if you picture each of the big piers for the fourth railway bridge, you've got that big sort of, you've got four um, sort of compressing, you know, sort of bits and it comes up uh, and uh, the, Instead, the sort of side piers, so the sort of north and southmost piers, they were basically came to a point, mm-hmm. so it just looked like the thing was literally rocking like a seesaw. Mm-hmm. And I think they thought the public wouldn't like the look at that; it would look too <laughs> rickety, yeah. and so made and so made it uh, more sturdy. But Connell, um, I guess if I go back to describing the structure, it very much is a kind of seesaw thing where you have um, your your support, um, where the pier is, it comes up, supports the truss and then it's tied back. It's tied back to the rock with a counterweight. And if you didn't have that counterweight there, Mm-hmm. um which is on either bank um it would quite simply tilt into the
1: estuary under the weight of the suspended span in the middle so a little bit it needs to be anchored that's yep. correct right because yep. in a i know with, with a suspension bridge you have an anchorage where yes. the cables cables go of course yeah but it's actually the same with these types so i actually didn't know that mm-hmm. but now you, you the way you've described you've, you've actually done quite well there dave without kind of a visual aid um you've you've been able to describe quite well so no that's that's good So um, just something to hang on materials uh, for a second. You've been talking about steel. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, speaking about materials, we've also spoken about the environment that this is in. We've spoken about kind of a tidal. This is a marine environment. Yes. Yes. isn't there always problems with anything metal in a marine environment where we've got salt water and stuff like that and corrosion? Oh, yeah,
2: it's all the usual problems. Um, and not, not only that, I mean, you, you, you've got the, 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 the salt water environment, but you've also got the fact of uh, uh, sort of chloride ingress from de-icing salts um, from the cars that are actually crossing the bridge as well. Um, so, of course, so, so, so that yeah. So that coming from above, um, that's not an issue that's unique to Connell. Of course, mm-hmm. that's just no. bridges across the network were constantly competing, you know, or trying to resolve the issues associated with corrosion. What I will say, and this is more just talking about generally steel bridges, a good thing about steel bridges is that you can see them. Um you can yep. see the problems much more readily. Um concrete bridges, they tend to hide, you know, you can't see the reinforcement. For the most part, um, so because it's in the concrete. Because it's in the concrete, so mm. at least with steel, if there's a problem, um, certainly ones I found like like the like concord and the swing truss, things like that, you know, you mm-hmm. can see it there. And if there's a problem with it, I'll be showing you immediately. Whereas, uh, yeah, reinforced concrete, a little bit more difficult to detect sometimes,
0: and, and nice and easy to maintain as well you know you can paint it or repair sections
1: yes yeah that's expecting that to go so yeah obviously the paint and stuff like that's used It it it, is you always hear about the the fourth bridge the fourth rail bridge always needing painted and i assume there's a there's some sort of similar regimen with something like connell
2: yeah yes uh, absolutely again i'm not involved in its its current maintenance but it has been repainted um Mm -hmm. in the past i do know i think it used to be red similar red i think to fourth railway bridge again this is where this is me trying to remember what people told me <laughs> on that, but I think it was red originally, well, and in, as opposed to the grey yeah. that it is now hmm. um, rather
0: dull, drab grey. That it is nothing uh, wrong yeah, yeah, with yeah. some battleship yeah. grey. I do love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So fair enough. No, that that's that's it. So so where where do we go from here? We've spoken a little bit about the, you know, quite a bit actually about the. Uh, design choice for this right. type of bridge and also the materials used in it yeah, yeah.
0: oh and there's, there's a famous a famous contractor um oh, yeah. or an almost famous contractor tell, tells us about who oh yeah who, who actually who fabricated that steel who erected the bridge yeah, yeah. good so point
2: so that there's a bit of clearing up to do here because there's a bit of um what's the word disinformation that could happen uh-huh. so uh-huh. what you've uh-huh. got is you've got uh-huh. William Arl who's like 4th Railway Bridge William Arrow, yep. genius contractor, yep. created this and cre- created loads of the, a lot of the plant, which needs to be recognized for 4th Railway Bridge in terms of doing that. But you also had, in Glasgow, Arrol's Bridge and Roofing Company, uh-huh. and that was two brothers, neither of which were William Arrow. Mm-hmm. So you've just got these completely separate Arrells, yep. and the added confusion uh-huh. that... One William Arrow was the famous one that was a contractor for fourth railway bridge, and then you had the Arrows Bridge and Roofing Company, Mm -hmm. which fabricated. So that's a pure coincidence. And it gets even more confusing because in the Connell Archive drawings, later in the day, when they were doing conversions, taking away the railway, making it all road and stuff, William Arrol was involved. (laughs)
0: As (laughs) in his firm. Yeah. At that point.
2: At that point Mm -hmm. in time. So you've got the fact he wasn't involved. But his firm was involved, but it wasn't him that actually did the original fabrication of the original bridge. <laughs> so, yeah. You
0: heard it here first. Well, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: That's if I've got it right. I, I, <laughs> I might have got it wrong. So.
1: No, that, That's fine.
0: William Arrow, of course, being a famous company in Glasgow based in Bridgeton. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, they went bust a few years ago now, yes. but they supplied steel work to Whitecap Viaduct, mm-hmm. uh, Erskine Bridge, you know some of the other big major crossings that we, that we have in Scotland today, yeah, even but, in the post-war era. There was
2: one up in Murray as well. The replacement Craigellachie Bridge, the one that mm-hmm. bypasses it. I think oh, that was yes. one of the very uh-huh. last So that William was the.
1: I I know a little bit about that one because that was nineteen seventy-one or something. Mm-hmm. That one opened. John's
0: service. part of the world
1: there. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's where I hail from. Roughly, well, <laughs> r- no, literally from there. Mm-hmm. There you go. There's another fact for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll not hold it against <laughs> you. <laughs> no, that that's fine. Um... Okay. Um. Yeah, sorry. Uh, one other thing to
2: clear up is um, when you mentioned about the, the estuary and the, the tidal race, um, the, there was that bit about um, with the piers as well. You know, the bridge very much is designed around its foundations, like any bridge, of course. And so they had to be very careful. You know, in terms of the, that choice of structure, had that tidal race not existed, that very turbulent water, that very awkward ground, they would have probably created a much more simplistic structure which have mm-hmm. just had a lot more supports in the ground yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. and so part of the choice to go for the, the the balanced cantilever with suspended truss was because they needed that big clear span yeah and that awkwardness as a word to describe it is, is you know you can see you can literally see that in the design because the way that the legs the main legs point in the way right, you know you okay. see the main supporting legs are like at an angle or diagonal sort of leaning in it's re- very much to try and reduce the length of that suspended truss mm. in the middle and across the full estuary and the reason for that is because to have had to build to build piers within that very turbulent water would have been they would have it would have been doable but extremely expensive and difficult yeah. obviously. Mm-hmm.
1: So how were these uh foundations or piers actually because some of them obviously two of them have to be in the water the two that are there was it a kind of uh cofferdams or were they?
2: So I don't know all the specifics of the temporary arrangement that they made there but I think that it certainly wouldn't have been as full scale as what you had at the fourth railway bridge, where you had the proper massive caissons that they sunk down. Okay. I don't think it would have been as full on as that because they they'd already made the span long or found a way to make the span long enough that the piers were sh- you know sited quite shallow. Um. So, but what I don't know is, did they erect some sort of temporary cofferdam to still
1: keep it out at sort of high tides and things like that? No, no, that's fair enough. That's fine. Um, you know, it's it's just interesting to imagine this bridge when it was being constructed, you know. So, um what what is kind of next in the in the story of the of the bridge then? Because I still remember we have we've, we've spoken a bit about the construction, but mm-hmm. let's actually just think of the present day right now, guys. Yeah. Cars are driving over it. Yeah. There's no trains going yeah, over how did, it. How do how we, we get we, there? Have we yeah. got there?
2: Yeah. Um, so it was around about the beaching era, you know. So so uh-huh. so so at that point, so what you had is a roundabout just, I think it was a matter of weeks before the turn of the First World War, before that kicked off, that it was open for the, the road and rail configuration, the level crossing type arrangement that we discussed. <laughs> okay. So you then had that basically carrying through to the 1960s. Okay. And from what I can see, a, a number of changes happened to the bridge, even during that time in terms of the decking. Because <laughs> it used to just be the flat plate steel decking, and then at some point... What's happened is it's all become raised onto, you know, sort of retrofitted steel concrete composite decking. So there have been structural changes. It's not just been left completely in that time between the First World War and the sixties. There have been changes that have happened during Mm -hmm. the the thirties and Mm forties, but in the sixties, that's when I think I said before, I believe the line never really made any money. Uh, so when it when Beeching's axe came along, it was like it was a dead cert, it was a goner, yeah. okay. um, and and off it went. Uh, and with that, the it was a simple matter of the the railway w- was lifted away, and then they put in this decking, this, this new decking I'm talking about, where you've got steel beams that run the length of the bridge, spanning between the cross girders, uh, with concrete above. But it's in sort of the strange configuration of sort of two halves where you've got the old half of the deck that was the original road for vehicles, mm-hmm. and then they had this other bit that was sort of just very similar but different, and they're just sitting side by side to make this overall slightly wider road. Okay. But it's still not enough for two vehicles to pass each other. No. It's still... it's still was only enough, comfortable now, more comfortable, because before they were, you know, squeezing by this railway, it must be very tight to drive along. Mm. Now it's more what you call a comfortable single lane to drive w- with along. With a footway. And a footway to one side, and I guess I'd call it a, more of a hard standing the other, not wide enough. Wouldn't, wouldn't pass a standard for being a footway, mm-hmm. I don't think, on the other. So you can stand technically on both sides.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. So but,
0: it's interesting that someone then had the had the idea to retain the road. I guess it was all it was never in doubt that the road aspect was going to be retained because I suppose by yeah. even by the sixties the A8 to eight as we now know this, of this officer, was the era of that, the motor car that, that road came was in. going to be yeah. there so that we going to maintain that crossing in yes. in some way so, so that and they had a bridge there already yeah. you know? is this is this unique in Scotland I wonder where we've had a rail bridge that has been converted to road use oh you you of asking, others? I don't know I can't think of asking. any others. Um, maybe. Someone will know. Someone can let us know if they're listening to know of any others. I bet Um, there
1: are quite a few, but they're quite minor structures, I bet, mm -hmm. in areas that have been converted. I know certainly there are very small tunnels in places, mm-hmm. maybe out with Scotland where they were rail tunnels and 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 have been converted for road yeah. use. Mm-hmm. Certainly, yeah. plenty for pedestrians and cyclists. Yeah, um, yes. In fact, uh,
2: up, up, up your way as well, Murray. Space uh, uh, way. Yes, uh, so, plen- no, that's a railway bridge up there that's uh, being yep. converted for pedestrians. So th- there's a good few of that. But in terms of yeah, cars to railway, not or uh, sorry, railway to cars, not not so mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. So
1: okay. yeah, so uh, we know plenty of places where roads. Are on railway alignments, yes. and there are some strange examples even in the UK of where you're, you're driving. It feels like well, actually, it feels like you're on, you know a train track here. Yeah. You know, bypass.
0: Yes, that's my it favorite. E seven two five.
1: Yeah, that is a good example. Actually, I forgot all about that. Yep. Oh yeah, the old Shorehead Junction. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that's oh there you go. That's sort sort of like that, I guess. But um, no, so that's what we have now. So cars So since this change. In terms of how the traffic has operated and the road layout, and the, we'll talk maybe a bit about the approach roads. Has there been many changes there? Or is it just been how it's been since the 60s?
2: Yeah, in terms of the, the approach roads, I don't think you've got the, it. sort of curves around. So it's a loop to, on to, the, yeah, the south side. Yeah, that's it. It's a loop on the south side. Um, mm. But I, I don't know as to whether um, there was a, a sort of route for the, the road that preempted that
1: or if okay. it was always something similar to that. Yeah no it's just interesting. So um what what happened to the, the ferry in this did the ferry ever continue when it became Yeah a I road I bridge?
2: don't think it would it would have lasted much longer. What I do mm. know is how far back it went. The records went back to I think it was the 1700s. So right. or, you know yeah. and probably before then. So I do know that it went way way back so it would have been um quite a, a significant moment when it was the last One that made the last crossing.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. so there's obviously been a need for crossing at that location for, you know, for centuries. Oh, yeah. You know, so there has been that need. Like we say, you would have to go quite far inland to, you know, to make the same journey, you know, without the crossing. So, yeah.
1: Okay. So what is the kind of work that, that goes on, maybe stuff that you were involved with, in terms of keeping this bridge open? And, and I'm, I'm going to hang on this 120-year anniversary because we mm. always talk about bridges and we say, it has a 120-year design That's life. Safe, yeah. Well, guess what? Cornwall Bridge is 120 <laughs> years old, so um, yes. it's still there. So you've, you've been doing a good job, clearly. What, what uh, does that entail?
2: Yeah, so I, I would say that when I was involved in it, it was a very short period of time. For me, it was a secondment, and I was involved in it for about three-ish months. So it was, okay. uh, it was quite, a, quite a concentrated spell. Um, at the time, it was Transurf that was mm-hmm. maintaining it. Um, and with that, there was it was kind of a lot of rivet replacement going on. So you had, obviously, the old rivets. Some of them had become shot, just corroded. Um, and so it was just taking them out, replacing them. So kind of minor steelwork repairs,
0: yeah. things a good, like That's that. a good point. That's a good question. Uh, I meant to ask you this earlier, but it's a steel bridge, but it's it's still riveted. It's not bolted oh, yes. connections. It's, it's still rivets. Yes.
2: very much so. Um, particularly at that time, all all riveted, really. Um, what you tended to find when they built these sort of bridges, obviously they took advantage of its cantilevering behaviour. So what they would do, like a mechanical set, they used temporary bolts so they actually they did have bolts but Mm -hmm. what they do is that they'd bolt the plates Ahead of them to mm-hmm. where they're going as, as a temporary fixing, mm-hmm. and then the riveters would follow behind the people doing the bolting. Mm-hmm. So bolts were used to plate to put the plates into the position mm-hmm. and steadily work their way out to the watercourse. And this is for Connell and Fourth Railway Bridge. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the rivet gangs, as they were called, mm-hmm. um, who I believe were basically paid. I think it was by the you know by the amount of rivets they did. So they they were just really efficient. Like yeah. we're talking about lost skill sets here. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They would be following on behind, and they'd actually take out the bolt one at a time, mm-hmm. bashing the rivet. Wow. And that was obviously, when we talk about hot works as a hazard these yeah. days, mm-hmm. whole new level. Like, <laughs> they'd be chucking these rivets, like, really scalding hot things, but they were so skilled, yeah. um, you know. And I think they had these rules, again, for 4th Railway Bridge, where um, if one in the gang, you're talking, I don't know if it's five or four guys, mm-hmm. if one of them was ill that day, apparently the whole gang wouldn't work. So I think that's almost like a trust thing. All right, it's okay. Like, because it was such a guess of dangerous. Yeah. Task they,
1: that you want to know exactly the guy you're working next. I think to. it is that. I think mm. it's
2: about that kind of chemistry. Oh, you yeah. know, because if you think about it, it's so that every single movement of where this really hot bit of metal's flying about is kind of, mm. and I'd imagine it would have been. It wouldn't surprise me if even some of the people that maybe worked on the fourth railway bridge ended up working in Connell or not that far apart.
1: Transfer. Thirteen years between <laughs> them.
2: It's I a specialised
1: skill. And then, yeah, exactly. Go across yeah, no, that. So
2: it wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't completely surprise me if one or two found their mm. way from that bridge to, to the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, so you, with, with that, you're, you're replacing the rivets and then bolts. These days we use what you call preloaded bolts or tension bolts where they basically pull on the thread to create tension and then tighten the nut and then let go of the thread and then it clamps in. Oh um, right, okay. yeah. So that's 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 how we do bolting these days. I mean, you still get ones that are hand tight as well, but typically mm. you do preloaded bolt assemblies. But I like I like rivets um, in the sense of they because they were so hot. If you picture it, when they cooled, they were they're pulling in the way, so they're pulling the plates together because they're contracting when they're cooling. Mm. So they're, they were they were very efficient. Um, mm. And the other thing is that from a durability perspective, I like rivets because the rivet head is very much a very neat curve. Yes. On the other end of the steel.
1: It doesn't allow somebody to get in and.
2: Exactly. Yep. Water, there's not a lot of places for water to stand and hang out. Mm-hmm. Whereas <laughs> with a bowl, obviously, there are loads of wee. Nooks, you call, and nooks and crannies for the, so for the water and it's <laughs> uh, and that's when you get problems with bridges when the water sits when the water doesn't just shed it finds a place to hang out and pond yeah that's when you get the issues you know so i kind of miss rivets uh, mm. obviously it's very much you see that evolution in a few bridges in scotland look at concard bridge the swing truss what you start to see there still a bit of riveting still a fair bit of riveting but you're starting to see the emergence of the rolled sections kicking in mm-hmm. yeah um so instead of Connell's very much pretty much a mechano set, you know, lots mm. of flat plates, maybe ones that are bent, maybe ones that have a bit of a joggle in them, things like that. But it's very much flat plates and bolting them together to make the different beams and the boxes and and the and the battens and everything else. Whereas concardin which was built in the 1930s, you're seeing that evolution to more of these, you know, rolled sections, what you call, where it's basically mm. just comes off the assembly line completely rolled to the shape it needs to be, and therefore fewer rivets comparatively. And then eventually you move to rivets disappearing, and then it all being welds and welds and preloaded and, bolts, and like your sort of bow bridge or, or whatever. Yeah. So it's 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 just an evolution for truss bridges, really.
1: That's really interesting. I don't know that like, like rivets and bolts could be so interesting. I'm, I'm not a bridge guy. I'm sure you've already found this very exciting, Stuart, in your career. Yep. But uh, no, that is is quite something. Do rivets ever get used these days? for anything oh. like that. I don't know, Dave. I'd
2: imagine it. I I'd, 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 I'd remember seeing it in a documentary where they were trying to recreate stuff and I'd imagine for some conservation stuff there must be places where they have to. It's
0: a good point. Well, this bridge is grade B listed, mm. which mm. means it's of regional importance. Um, so... I'd imagine if they're doing any work there and they're replacing rivets, they, they, they would probably do sympathetic to, kind of repairs, wouldn't they? And,
2: yeah. Uh, when, when when I was working on it, it was just putting in bolts in place of the rivets. But right. they were quite concealed where we were doing it, in uh-huh. fairness. It was quite it was so kind not of underneath. Not
0: detracting from the original look no, or style. Not hugely. Or, yeah.
2: And, of course, the big topic on that one is the fact that right now they're building this, this temporary walkway to one side of it for pedestrians to pass. See, <laughs> that's a big visual detraction. But, yeah. of course, it's, it's mm-hmm. a, I believe, temporary. Um, but right. this is this is a part of the the ongoing because they're, they're replacing the decking basically, yeah, um, right. which I mentioned before um, that immediately supports the road if you like. Um, so nothing to do with the original bridge structure steelwork that stays there. This yeah, is purely the bridge the deck. decking that they're mm-hmm. replacing. Yeah,
0: and we when Dave you and I went up to to speak to someone, we'll mention that a bit later, and I could see that this new suspended walkway. Was being fitted to the outside of the bridge others may have noticed that if they've been if they've been driving up there recently and it, mm. it's it's interesting so it's basically to maintain access for pedestrians from one side to the other while this work is going on so what, then, does
1: this sit like an outrigger type thing yeah. just off the side it's sort of clamped on yeah right. yeah, I see. yeah so it,
2: it reminds yeah again a lot of the things they do they try to you don't want to mess with the original steelwork of the bridge so they do very much just clamp it with these big bolts you know top and bottom and so, so it's easy to demount once you're done mm. with it, and the, the structure's intact, you know.
0: Or, or retain it if such or a decision is made, it. because in some ways the footway, this I new not, suspended footway, is actually slightly wider, I think. Oh, a fair the, bit than I the think. existing one, yeah.
2: yeah, and more segregated. So that's mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's that safer. that's that's what they're contending with, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I don't know the full story, but it is it's going to be that thing of convenience and. Maybe arguably safety. I don't want to go too far on that because no. I don't know how many incidents have been on that bridge already. Because it's
0: low speed, of course. It's a, yes. what, what is the speed? Was it 30? It's a 30 mile an hour limit, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. I think but so, you yeah. I think you would be lucky to really push much higher than that because of just the nature of the approaches and mm-hmm. how narrow the bridge is. It'd be difficult. What What struck me was the number of heavy vehicles using it. Yes, you know yeah. when when I visited, there were there were quite a few. I'm heavy pretty sure log, there's restrictions on you know, transporters and that sort of thing.
1: I was going to say, is there any weight restrictions on the bridge, Dave? I don't believe so. Right. Um, what i do
2: know is that when you mention about the, the vehicles the hgvs um you do it at the entrance at the start of the bridge there's a sort of bit of steel that goes that's a sort of kind of gateway feature that's kind of curved and that would get hit all the time by the high-sided vehicles. Yeah. so it's more about the height of the vehicles, height issues
0: rather than weight issues. that's right yeah certainly no weight issues for what we know as normal traffic you know up to yeah. 44 tons uh can all use it freely but as Dave says, a bit of a height issue. You hear well, a good strike, testament yeah. to the
1: structure being built in nineteen, uh, you know, nineteen oh three, and uh, really there aren't the the, the weight restrictions. Yeah, it
2: probably helped that was originally a railway bridge, of yeah. course, because yeah. they're
1: they're heftier,
2: you know, they're, they're mm. much uh, much heftier that's members true. with much heavier loads. Mm-hmm. So you know, your starting point is a very good one. Um, mm. You know, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if the main truss would pass with flying colours. To be honest, mm. um, if it's still in how reassuring condition. to hear
1: that so mm-hmm. no that that's so
0: good. going back to john's original question 120 year design life which this one wouldn't have had probably because that's a fairly recent thing that we yeah. design mm-hmm. for 120 years the bridges at that age will it last forever I,
2: well what i would say is that there's a lot to be said for truss bridges and considering them in fu- as future structures for scotland because these days they almost always lose out to reinforced concrete mm-hmm. and we always say oh post-tensioning this and pre-tensioning that and know oh, it's all sustainable but I'm of the opinion that there's some, that coming back to what I was saying earlier about their simplicity, um, and that something that's simple is in a lot of ways easier to maintain mm. because you know where the forces are, you very easily see the problems. Whereas a lot of the the, the bridges that you've discussed around Glasgow and that. Coming back to the fact that problems can be hidden, or could just the fact they're very very complicated in terms of to analyse. Yeah. You know, when you actually revert back to that simplicity, that does come with maintenance advantages. Mm-hmm. It's easier to, to detect issues and therefore easier to manage and therefore maybe more cost effective. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we've we've been in a place for many years where reinforced <clears throat> concrete is kind of kind of wins the battle of you know which is cheaper or more efficient as the con, as the construction. But I Absolutely. I think yeah. there's definitely. There's a lot to be said by, as you're saying, these bridges that have endured for 120 years. Concordance mm-hmm. getting there. The mm-hmm. swing span for that is doing it, it's doing very well. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot to be said for thinking. Well, actually, you know what? Uh, there's trusses have quite a lot going for them. Yeah. You know, there yep. is the painting. There is the aspect of painting, yes. of course. That's probably one of the main drawbacks but then at the same time paint systems are getting better hmm. um and then there's things like corten steel as well things like well, that
1: well this kind of moves there is a perhaps a disadvantage that's related to a question i have for you is that there might be quite very difficult bridges to modify is in to make wider or, or mm-hmm. do anything so a question i suppose i have it uh, about this could it realistically could that bridge ever be widened to allow or wide enough to allow two two lines of traffic I've thought about it a lot
2: and mm. uh, I think the answers are and I think if you managed it what you'd have to do is come out either side of the trust you can't you can't really move the trust cords the trust members without going to an extraordinary expense so I think you'd end up having to come outwards and sort of cantilever outwards a bit like that temporary walkway but to yeah. a more extreme the bridge would maybe be able to take the load but then it comes back to the conservation aspect of you know mm-hmm. you know do you really want to modify the bridge that much or is it easier to just create a, bi- a, a separate a bridge? separate bridge yeah brand new shiny bridge which would take one or two lanes and you still use connell going one way and the other bridge for the other or, or something like that what
1: what about instead of going out horizontally what about vertically like a double deck
2: uh, oh, I think that would be difficult. Um, no, I, I think be, because at the at the extreme ends of the bridge, it, it, it sort of triangulates down to the road right. level. Um, so I think you'd be working more against the structure than with it. Right, um, okay. Because... Don't forget that it's not just vertical stability; you need, you need the lateral stability as well. And a lot of the lateral stuff is going on over your overhead, basically mm. ab- above the, the vehicles.
1: No, I thought it was something to ask for anybody that use this structure uh, or has been on it. You know, could it could anything happen to it to increase its capacity? I suppose. Yeah. So I've, I've got another question. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know Airskin carries a massive water main through it, and some other bridges carry like telecoms and stuff. Like that. Does Does Connell Bridge have any kind of yeah. Anything that goes through it. it, might be electricity or telecoms. Or... I do
2: remember when I was working on it, they were installing Amin and I'm trying to remember now what it was. But it was definitely, it was a duct. It was like a 100 mil duct. So okay. it was probably either low voltage electricity yep. or some sort of communication type thing. See, this
1: is the other thing that bridges do that nobody knows. <laughs> yep. so yes. Yep. It's, it's quite good, uh, to be honest with you. Um, any other bridges? Exa- we've spoken about fourth, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, fourth Rail Bridge. Is there anything that looks exactly like connell anywhere else in scotland or even in the uk that you
2: know of no and, and actually that you, you come into an interesting point there as well that the, the overall structural form of the bridge um in terms of the truss type is called a, a type called a baltimore truss which is an american oh, type of truss of course, baltimore oh, yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah
2: yeah uh and so i i think it's just coincidence i think the designers it just sort of evolved that way as to why they needed to introduce what you call these um sub verticals and raking struts which create it from uh, to me a little bit different from more conventional pratt truss, um but yeah uh, i don't know if that answers the.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no it, it, it does and it's interesting you've, you've you've actually named what type of structure it is as well yeah so. but I, uh, oh sorry
0: no just something we haven't mentioned i was just thinking it's got the really nice approach via that oh yes and it's got a nice is, is it a clad finish or is it actually built from granite or
2: yeah, yeah. So I believe it's granite stone. Mm-hmm. I'm still quite puzzled by it because when I looked at the drawings, the arches themselves also appeared to be the same stone as the, as the spandrels uh-huh. in the drawings. Yeah. But then when you look at it, it's engineering brick uh-huh. that's actually used for the arches. Yeah. So I don't know if there's been a last-minute supply Some change. change yeah. Some. It looks mm-hmm. like because when I look at the drawing, all stone. Mm-hmm. Uh. Also, the southern approach had four arches in The drawings and mm-hmm. it looks like it was revised down to three, to three. right? Yeah. So that could have been that they mm-hmm. maybe just thought, Oh, think. actually, there's more ground here than we thought. We and of course,
0: towards. the A85 passes through one of the arches, it does uh, in yeah. the westbound oh, direction, that's right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the yeah. other trunk road from, from Clean Ar- Larrack down past so, yeah. Crookin.
1: Um, could could I, could I ask Dave a fun question? Oh, oh don't, little,
0: I don't know about that. Oh, yeah, no, there's <laughs> no fun to be had here.
1: Now, it's <laughs> a very picturesque place. Uh, you've, you've said where it is, but say um, you're, you're a structural engineer, Dave, and say you were, you were given the project of, actually, we're going to build another bridge right mm-hmm. next to Connell. What kind of design would you pick, again, for Ooh. a, say, a road bridge? Oh, you got another hour. Uh, that's <laughs> that's going to take a while. Just, well, you, you can pick and give a brief explanation. Uh, I'll,
2: I'll tell you what it won't be. It won't be reinforced concrete. Uh, <laughs> right, okay. Uh, so let's we'll, we'll go by, by elimination. Yeah. Uh, it probably won't be timber. Uh, Mm -hmm. so i i i I could see it going down the route of being uh, if if budgets were constrained which they probably would be it'd probably Mm -hmm. be weathering steel concrete composite probably Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. along those lines um maybe maybe even go as far as a cable stay actually and like but then it's that thing you got very modern with 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 older would it work would it look right i I don't know that's
1: it you have to be sympathetic Mm -hmm. i mean you could have um what's kyle skew that's a concrete bridge isn't it yeah it's um and we've ruled out something entirely concrete. Yeah. So you say, kind of a composite between a kind of weathering steel, and for anyone, weathering steel is, of course, what we see now at that new bridge at Sight Hill, or other yep. things that, where yeah. eventually it will mm-hmm. go kind of darker over time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, something cable stayed, maybe you never know, yeah. something similar to Erskine or Kessick.
0: could be quite nice in that environment.
1: I just, I thought that was uh, came up with that one just uh, there. Yeah. So um, I've got another thing. You, you say you worked on the bridge uh, quite a bit. Do you have any kind of anecdotes? or kind of funny stories or even like cool a uh, little quirky facts about it just just anything you might know that happened to you when you worked on the bridge uh, or...
2: yeah so so one <laughs> of the things that i do remember is uh I, I still feel bad about it and it was this generally you, you had a place called a, a pub nearby called the oyster inn that was right next to the bridge or very okay. near to it right at the sort of approach loop that goes around um, and that was quite often a sort of congregating point you know during the working day for meetings and stuff, just to discuss drawings, go through things like that, alongside obviously the site cabins, things like that. And there was one thing where we're investigating the paint. We discussed the paint earlier. Um, and the worry was that there was lead paint content in the original system. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we needed to get that sort of detect traces for that and things like that. Uh, and. I remember inviting to the site the specialist person i think they were based down somewhere yorkshire or something like that hmm. um and so i just sort of said yeah yeah if you if you come up this day um and then you know you we come and meet us at the site we'll have a chat and everything go through the drawings blah 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 about the testing and then iron out when we'll get you out onto the bridge to take your samples so that was all great it was all booked in the calendar and that uh and so then then you know a few days passed by and then i had this insanely busy day it happens on site where it's hmm. just very very busy a few <laughs> things that we were meant to go to plan maybe we didn't we're all sat in the in the in the put, in the oyster in going through all these things and frantically drawing away and there was this it just sort of you're kind of in the moment dealing with these issues and then I, I sort of out the corner of my eye saw someone sitting at a different table and i saw the person was sort of looking at us quite intrigued and it was like all right i wonder what his deal is that, that's fine hmm. you know <laughs> carried on solved it all and then it was at the end of the day um I saw this voicemail message uh, and it turned out that this person had completely forgotten that I was coming up and this guy had driven all the way from Yorkshire to Oban Uh <laughs> Nobody was at the site <clears throat> office. Oh no! Oh, uh, and and he decided to just maybe get a coffee and wait it out. And yeah. he was it was the guy that had made like eye contact. So this town and he'd gone there and he was waiting there. I mean, I do think maybe he should have just said hello. Maybe yeah. he should have been like, "All right, mate." Um, but no, he didn't.
0: He didn't do so, that. So so mm-hmm.
2: instead, he, he had his coffee or whatever, <laughs> and he drove all the way back down to <laughs> back to Yorkshire. Uh, and it's like, uh, and it's like I had to like phone... And it was just like you know when like you just have to do an absolute grovelling voice voicemail. It's just like so so, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry about that. He could have woke up but when he had he the conversation. He we was right there. We're right there, we were right yeah. there. and obviously, yeah. you know, we've all got loud
1: voices. You
2: know, <laughs> yeah. we're talking about the bridge. Yeah. He maybe, but anyway, it's. Uh, I, st- I still felt really bad. Yeah. Uh, for, for so this so guy. if he's
1: listening, is this the apology?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually. Yeah. Yeah. To to every are out there, paint specialist. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> well,
0: you mentioned the oyster inn. Yes. And a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, you and I went to meet with a chap called Mike Raworth. Yep. Who like yourself has a keen interest in the history of the bridge. Yep. Mike has actually produced a booklet on the history of the bridge, a small I've book, and, and he produced that yep. as part of his, his sort of a lockdown project hmm. back in 2020. And it's a fantastically produced document. Hmm. We will direct people to it on the web article. So if you go onto the website and you have a look there, you, you'll find a link and you can go and you can actually buy a copy. Uh, of this booklet for yourself some really good photographs and some wonderful project information and they're really recommended uh, so we thank mike uh, not just for hosting us at the end giving us some information but also just for for producing the booklet and giving us some photographs it is a yeah, it's, it's a very good booklet yes a lot in there. there It's indeed and mike actually worked for strathclyde regional council back in the day and was involved in some some big projects john that, that we've spoken about before working in the hamilton office so so yeah it's a small it's world good. in the engi- in, in engineering circles in scotland Absolutely. As, we, as we always say so we, we thank mike Uh, for that Um, Dave uh, really interesting uh, podcast Um, it's always nice I've really enjoyed this yeah Yeah. good to have a guest along who knows who knows the stuff and Mm -hmm. is very clearly enthusiastic about it so thank you thank you for that rather than just John and I Droning on I know it, it
1: gives a bit of variety, something <laughs> something a bit different, and you know, you never know. We maybe to have you back one day yeah. to talk about things. most definitely.
2: Yeah, no, I very much enjoyed it. So you could be nice. our bridge
1: guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. there you go. There you go, That's the label. You're That's Happily the label. retired from That's
0: that. It. I'm out of it. Wonderful, <laughs> suits me fine. I yeah Dave thanks honestly yeah, thank much you. appreciated you coming along and John at that point we probably should say thanks to our sponsors absolutely uh, we do mention them regularly so the guys at Eastford Excavations for the, for the, their ongoing support and HBS Scotland as well for all the, the wonderful support yeah thank support you to Nigel and the team there they, for everything they, they, give they us as well. they so us so thank you very much for that much appreciated I think that just about wraps us up John unless you've got anything else you want to bring up not really Wait, you're, you're my podcasting organizer what else are we talking about for the rest of this year
1: well i've got a few things coming up um obviously working with duncan we're hopefully going to be talking a little bit about the a- a82 uh-huh. if yeah. we get round uh-huh. to it mm-hmm. um possibly also about road surface condition and pavements yeah. and things like that maybe mm-hmm. have another special guest yeah. lined up but you know what i uh, i like to keep things a mystery uh-huh. but uh that, that's all i'm giving the audience for just now
0: yeah i'm making some motorway stuff in there as well it's been a wee while since we had a a motorway podcast I'm starting to feel a bit mm. left out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no we're, we're going to bring some variety but there are going to be some some good things in the pipe. Oh another one was um, and this is the last you getting out of me right but it's the A90 and the AWPR Oh, yes. we want to talk about because we've not spoken about that before right? Okay. and you know the AWPR it's kind of motorway
0: so that's the Aberdeen bypass
1: Aberdeen western peripheral route yeah, yeah, yeah. the bypass route. well I'm but,
0: sure that'll be an interesting one as
1: well. so um, I know Duncan's working hard to, to research and, and make these really good but uh, you know it's also a point if anybody's got any suggestions for things they, they like I'm trying to put together a program for next year now mm-hmm. uh, so if people think you haven't spoken about this or I've got loads of material on this and I wouldn't mind if even if you'd like to contribute in some way get in touch.
0: And you know, there is another anniversary in August, that's always worth mentioning, and the 17th of August, eh, we'll be celebrating 30 years of the St. James flyovers down at Glasgow April. Oh, yes, the, of course. The, the famous design and build Scott Wilson Balfour Beatty project. Well, there you go, the that's a motorway one. Yep, so we'll have a wee bit of coverage of that, no doubt, on social media, and we used to have a webpage on the, on the St. James flyovers, we remember? We had
1: one specifically for St. James. So
0: that's making a comeback, we've got thousands of photos chatting the construction of that project, so we'll get that online as well so people can enjoy it.
1: And there's me thinking you were going to announce the anniversary of our 10 year anniversary of our friendship
0: oh wow well, that's this month as well isn't it <laughs> you Is that how long i've been suffering I this imagine he's forgotten that I, you know you would, do, you would do less time for, for certain crimes <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no that's fine Oh well uh, look it it has been really enjoyable to do this and of course we're going to have information about Connell up on social media as well so don't forget to check out Twitter Facebook Instagram all the usual places to get your your and Threads oh thank goodness I thought you were going to say TikTok there no no, no, no. and and Threads yeah Threads is a new thing from Facebook that's like Twitter but not Twitter but better Yeah. Do you reckon?
0: Not dirtied by Mr. Musk and all his (laughs) Yes. As someone who has been using Twitter for a long time, and it was almost so easy to use, it's now quite a chore. That's all I'll say.
1: Yes, I concur. Yeah. yeah okay fair enough
0: and of course all the podcast episodes can be found in the usual places Podbean, spotify apple podcast youtube yeah wherever you'll find podcasts you'll find us on there leave us a review it's a good way to spread the word thank you to the couple of people who left reviews after the Clyde tunnel anniversary mm-hmm. very good of you the podcast continues to do phenomenally well more and more listeners every month so we must be doing the right thing
1: exactly and if you guys keep listening to it we'll keep doing it
0: yes indeed and we will see you very soon for our next episode so Dave, thank you again Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, John. Thank you. We'll see you soon.
1: See you later.